The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What do you think about when you think about your Laker experience more than anything else? It was great. Um, I feel like I... uh it molded me into who I am today. Um, it, it gave me that, that approach to the way I approach things today, and I wouldn't want to change it for the world. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where don't be fooled by the bricks that he got. He's still, he's still B-Lo from the block, as it was more of the B-loading game tonight than it was the D-loading game. Isn't that right, Alan? I totally agree, yes. <laughs> what is that song reference from? Do you know the song that I was just... I, I do, yeah, yeah, J-Lo, J-Lo. J-Lo, indeed. <laughs> Immediately. It's funny that you can say B-Lo, D-Lo, and then J-Lo here. Yeah, so she, it all, it all and works she's from Brooklyn, tonight. right? She is from Brooklyn. There hey, you go. Look at, Look at all that. Look at all that. Give yourself some credit. Exactly. So, Brooke Lopez revenge game, as we all expected, I guess, tonight. Um, with Oh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell also came back to Staples Center. I, get, I don't know. Tonight was a kind of a weird night. I think the Portland game last night was a lot more exciting. I don't know about you. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Tonight was one of those, like, there was a lot of hype and build up with D'Angelo Russell coming back. And then it's almost like once it actually happened, I don't know. I, I think part of it was the game was kind of boring. And then, you know, second night of a back-to-back for the Lakers as well. We know the Brooklyn Nets aren't a very good team. And it was kind of like one of those situations where you you build up the drama in your head, almost like if you have like an ex-girlfriend, right? You build up the drama in your head, and then you finally bump into that person, and then it's just normal and much ado about nothing. Yeah. That's like, kind of how I felt about I, the D'Angelo Russell thing. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it would have been different if it was like a competitive or a close game. I, I know the Nets kind of made it, made it close at the end there, but it never felt like a threat to us. No, it, it was relatively ho-hum. Yeah, and even though D'Angelo had 17 points through like three quarters, he really fizzled out at the end there and really couldn't get his shot to go yeah. at the end. I think he was like eight for 17 at one point, and then he missed his last like seven. six or seven shots or so. So yeah, it was kind of a wank-wank kind of return for D'Angelo Russell. And the other thing is D'Angelo Russell is not really like a fiery player anyways, and it was relatively 
Like, he said a lot of complimentary things upon his return to L.A. He embraced Luke Walton at the end. Luke Walton said a bunch of nice things about D'Angelo. So there wasn't really any of that, like, villain mentality either, you know? So it's no, kind of just no. like, oh. There's, there's hardly any negativity around it, which is good, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, with that said, we don't really have to dwell too much, which I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, the, the get over it crowd's like, oh, thank God. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was uneventful for the large part. Uh, the Lakers, off the second game of a back-to-back, I thought played pretty well, still had the energy. I, I felt comfortable about the Lakers the entire game, which is good. Um, before we get started and into the game, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many times Brooke Lopez will do that new three-point sign he has where he kind of puts it to his Dude, mouth. what and is he like... doing? <laughs> He's like, I'm on that good, good. Exactly. <laughs> because if he does that, that means he hit a three-pointer. So we want more of that. And tonight, Brooke Lopez, six out of nine from three. That's what we've been waiting for. The B-Low show. Uh, the last two games, really, it's been the B-loading show, so it's that's been nice to see, a sight for sore eyes. So please rate and review us on iTunes so we get more of that Brooke Lopez three-point weed. More that weed good, sign. good. <laughs> it's, it's legal. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Also, if you could all, uh, please donate to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. $1, $3, one-time donation, monthly sponsor. That would help out a lot. Shout out to Brett Morrow and Gabe Cortezzi for donating. These are our last two patrons. Um, and yeah, that's it for the house cleaning stuff. Before we get into the Brooklyn game, Alan, you know, the Lakers had a game yesterday that we weren't able to cover. And it was a very exciting one against the Portland Trailblazers going into, I believe it's the, is it the Rose Garden or Moto Center? Yeah. Moda, um, Moda Center. Yeah. But we'll still call it the Rose Moda Garden. Center. Yeah, so, I mean, it hasn't been good for the Lakers historically going into that place. It's almost like you can chalk it up as a loss. It's just a really tough arena to play at. And, man, the Lakers, you know, after a very slow start and being down by 18 points after the first quarter, pretty much, they really showed some fight. They showed some grit. And they made it a very exciting game. And they had the lead in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to win. Um, Brandon Ingram played pretty solidly throughout Brooke Lopez, as we mentioned, you know, he was having a uh, back and forth with Yusuf Nurkic that game, 27 points, nine for 15 shooting. Um, and obviously Kyle Kuzma was the main storyline actually for the, for both nights, you know, 22 points last night against Portland, 10 for 17, showing off a myriad of moves and finishes and contorting his body, showing tremendous body control, um, it was a very fun and exciting game to watch. And at the end of the day, Brandon Ingram played great defense on Damian Lillard at the end there. Damian Lillard just did the Mamba time and <laughs> hit that clutch three. And at that point, you got to just chalk it up and say, that was a good loss. You know, you can't say yeah. that for a lot of things, but that was a good loss. And I mean, the only thing that sucked out of it was really, you know, losing Larry Nance. He uh, had surgery today, broken hand. The good thing is it's only about a month and a month and a half. So he should be back with us for the new year. Uh, get well soon, Larry. Um, and yeah, so what did you think about last night's Portland game where the team really showed some grit, hustle, activity, and and some fight? Yeah, that was really impressive. I mean, like you said, the last time they won there, 2014, I think Wesley Johnson had like a big game that day or something. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. And even prior to that, the last time they won, I feel like, like Kobe was still on the team and, and 
fully functioning. So we just don't play well in Portland. And uh, yeah, by being down by so much, this team has shown a lot of fight uh, for the first couple weeks where we've been down and we've been able to make some comebacks. So they definitely are confident within themselves and, and they understand like no lead is safe. Uh, like you said, Brooke Lopez is just starting to turn it on right now. And again, he missed the majority of the preseason. So you got to take that into account. Brandon Ingram is starting to look so much more comfortable in his own skin. Um, you know, he had a couple rough games to start the season, but right now he just looks like he understands his role. He knows what his game is. He's not forcing things too much. And even when he does kind of force it, he's, he's getting to the line. He's, he's still very effective. And, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, man, he's just stealing all the headlines and, you know, the national media and everybody's paying attention to him. And, uh, it's really good to see all that. And like you said, at the end, I mean, in addition to BI playing great defense on Damian, even though Brandon himself said it wasn't good enough, um, that foul on Brooke Lopez, I mean, I guess it was a foul. Like he kind of pushed from behind, but I don't know. It was, it was a little ticky tack in my opinion. Yeah. Just like at the end of the game and it's kind of like scramble mode for both sides. So that really sucked. But I mean, KCP, you know, coming off the, the curl screen and uh, Lonzo hits him on the sideline out of bounds play for the clutch three and Kuzma almost knocked down the one with point seven yeah. seconds left. And Lonzo makes the great pass from out of bounds. I think Nurkic was some big was guarding Lonzo uh, on the sideline right there. So for such a young team, you know, with such little experience and so ma- every time I look on the court <laughs> at these various lineups, I'm like, wow, there's one guy on the floor right now who was a Laker last year. That was Brandon Ingram. Other than that, everybody's new to this team. I mean, for as much as we were kind of like, oh man, what is going on over the last few days? Um, they're starting to gel like relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's November 3rd and uh, we're starting to see some, some continuity and, um, you know, some chemistry, some true chemistry between this team. I, I can't wait for these next few weeks to see what goes on. Yeah, and I think what I was most impressed by, like I've been saying in the Portland game, is the continuity on defense. I mean, you really have to credit Luke here for getting these guys to buy in because everybody's hustling. The activity is infectious. It sucks that we lost Larry Nance because he's usually the catalyst to all that activity and hustle on both ends, really. On offense, it's getting the offensive rebounds and tipping it and just like, you know, using his body and like diving for balls and everything like that. Like, it's really... Um, caught on with everybody else and you can see a tangible difference like guys are swatting shots guys are hustling for balls contesting are and then this year the defensive analytics actually line up with the eye test you know so that's been really encouraging to see and the fact that we've been consistent with it through you know now it's like nine games or so I mean that's a big enough sample size to say hey they've really been semi-consistent about it and if they can just continue to show this energy uh, along with, I guess, some of the defensive principles and fundamentals that they've slowly implemented, like that's a good sign for this young team. And that's really what's been keeping us in all of these games. You know, through the first nine games, we've been in eight of the nine games. Yeah, and it hasn't been because of our offense most of the time. You know, it's because yep. of the defense. Yeah, defense gets stops, they force turnovers, and then they run because that's what they're made to do. Exactly. So that was really impressive by the Lakers. Um, Tonight, it was just going to be a run-and-gun show regardless of how good our defense was. And, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets, they lead the league in pace, pretty much. And it's because they go small a lot. And we saw at the end there when they continued to cut down in our lead. Every time it seemed like we had 10-point lead, they cut it down to 6. Um, and that's, I think, just by virtue of them always going small and keeping 
our bigs on edge, mainly Brooke Lopez. But uh, yeah, you know, two impressive games by the Lakers back to back nights. The Lakers are now four and five. They beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight 124 to 112 on the second night of a back to back. Yeah, I guess we can just go down the line here um, and do our normal breakdown of the game. But I guess, do you have an overarching general view of this, uh, this Brooklyn Nets D'Angelo Russell return game in general? Um, I mean, just from like a fan perspective, I was curious to see how Staples reaction was going to be. And I'm glad they didn't boo him. I mean, you're always going to have some people booing just cause, but it wasn't like super aggressive or anything like that. I know if I were there, I would have clapped for him, you know? Um, he gave us a lot of excitement and I mean, the guy got traded, there's no reason to boo. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that the fans were, were, uh, polite to him, I guess you could say. And, um, yeah, like all of D'Angelo's pregame comments and the interviews and stuff, it was, it was good to hear that, you know, he, uh, was, was definitely appreciative of his time here and all that stuff. And I don't think it was just him saying the right things. I think he genuinely meant it. So, um, I'm glad there wasn't a ton of like payback drama, whatever kind of stuff. Um, but like you said before, it did just kind of feel like another game and, uh, I mean, Brooklyn is not very good on defense, and we're definitely going to get into that. And that's a huge reason why we uh, had a fairly comfortable time, you know, going against them. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said about all the hype, and then it just kind of fell flat, and it was like, eh, all right, this is comfortable. <laughs> and I got to say, and I got to get this in here, I'm down with like comfortable, non dramatic games at this freaking oh, point sure. in my life because the damn Dodgers, man. Oh my God. <laughs> I woke up yesterday morning in a funk for, like, I swear, the first six hours of my day. I just could not stop thinking about the Dodgers losing in the World Series. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen it yet. Um, (laughs) God, it's it's just so sad. And then, of course, the Laker game yesterday. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to win. And then they lose with .7 seconds. I'm like, thank goodness it's just like a regular season game because I can't take this anymore. So I was happy tonight was uh, a ho-hum game. Yeah, the Lakers, wire to wire, pretty much held control of this game. Yeah, it was nice to have a a gracious D'Angelo Russell return uh, without that much drama. Yeah, he played okay. I think one thing that I've noticed that he's really improved upon is, you know, his three-point shot wasn't falling tonight, obviously. One for eight, but his capacity to drive and his his willingness and aggressiveness to drive... And then not only that, but actually finish with these nifty floaters of his. I think he's clearly improved upon that and worked on that this past summer. And it's paying dividends um, for him this season. So that's nice to see for him. Um, But with regards to this Lakers game, yeah, you know, for much of the game, maybe also because it's just a Friday night. The Lakers just played yesterday. I wasn't too worried about the game. Um... I wouldn't say I wasn't really into it the entire night. Um, it kind of picked up here and there, especially at the end. But, you know, good win for the Lakers, especially because, you know, second night of a back-to-back, you usually have the tendency to relax or you allow your tiredness to get the best of you. But the Lakers, in spite of the fact that Brooklyn's kind of relentless with their pace, you know, they just keep going and going and going. Yeah. And at the sure. end, the fourth quarter there, they had like five and ones in a row. I was oh like, my oh my gosh, God. dude, that was so annoying. <laughs> There's some stupid, stupid, stupid fouls, fouls on our yeah. part, dude. That's just discipline. And watch the film. It's like, guys, you got to be more disciplined than that. Yeah, we were. They weren't hard fouls, but we were just kind of like hitting They're them dumb. on the elbows. And you, oh yeah, you just, just, just let to it go. If them, they, you know? Yeah, exactly. If they burn by you, you got to concede the two. Yeah. So I mean, that was the night. I, I I think it was good for Luke Walton to. I mean, 
he kind of was forced to keep Brooke Lopez out there for a lot of the time because Julius Randle fouled himself out for much of the game. But it was good for them to really take advantage of the size disadvantage that the Brooklyn Nets were working with. You know, we actually punished them down low. Brooke Lopez was like dunking on people very easily, hanging on the rim. And then not only that, obviously hitting the three-point shot, six of nine. You know, the last few games, 34 and 10 tonight. You know, the Portland, yeah, Portland game, 27 points, nine for 15 there. Tonight, he was 13 for 23. So very efficient for Brooke Lopez. After New name is Brookilo Lopez. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so it's nice. It's nice to see him uh, come out of hibernation here. And uh, that's that's the real storyline right there, dude. That was his game against his former team. <laughs> it is. Yep. Be loading indeed. So, um, yeah, who was your I mean, I guess this is going to be easy. Your. Our MVP of the game is going to be... Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, indeed, 34-10. and 10. Maybe he just needed to, you know, work his way into becoming a big man again against Yusuf Nurchis, banging down low, and then that kind of opened up his shot for tonight and playing against a smaller team and taking advantage of his former team. Guy had three blocks, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was nice to see. So hopefully this is the start of... Uh, you know, the all-star Brooke Lopez that most know him as and that the Lakers fans have been waiting for, you know. So um, good on Brooke Lopez. He definitely was the MVP. Uh, took advantage where he needed to. I want to give co-MVP shout-outs to Kyle Kuzma, his first oh, for start. Sure. Starting for Larry Nance. I know a lot of people were apprehensive about uh, Luke Walton's decision here about who he's going to start. I don't know why Luke's always very secretive. <laughs> like, he literally tells everybody <laughs> the starting lineup, like, five minutes before the game starts. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, Luau Dang, here we come. Doesn't no. want to break up the Julius Randle was that- Kuzma lineup. <laughs> was, there, was there even 1% of you that thought he was going to start Dang? Oh man, I when he, when Luke Walton said I'm hesitant to break up Kyle Kuzma and Julius Randle, I was like, <laughs> so I mean, like there was one percent. I I mean, I, but I guessed beforehand that he was going to start Kyle Kuzma because yeah, yeah. The la- the previous two games, he's Kyle Kuzma has been the first power forward off the bench, and Kyle Kuzma has actually been playing with the starting unit. Like Brooke Lopez has been in there, KCP, Lonzo, and Ingram have been in there. So I felt like, oh, maybe he's grooming Kyle. And, and that's before the Larry Nance injury, you know? So it just made sense that since the last few games, Kyle Kuzma has actually played with those other four guys that it's like an easy transition into starting him. So yeah, I'm just, I'm glad I was off Twitter today because I didn't see any of that mess. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that he said he didn't know what he was going to do and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, I hardly thought about it. Today. I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be Kuzma because Randall just makes sense. And that's all I chalked it up to. So when I turned on Access Sportsnet Lakers and they said it's Kuzma, I'm like, okay, cool. It's all good. It's like, oh, so that's why Luol Deng was trending on Twitter. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) There was less less D'Angelo drama and more lineup Luol Deng drama. Like, oh, Oh, what's going to happen? So, I mean, good job by Luke. You know, very pretty obvious decision. He went with the right one. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, what can you say? After a great game against Portland where he was... He had that play in Portland where he drew, knifed down the lane and did almost like a Michael Jordan switcheroo where he yeah, like we he was went up and then, and then <laughs> swiftly laid it. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" You know, if he wasn't an older draft prospect and he was just a rookie, like 19 years old, we'd be calling him the next Kobe. I mean, he's he's 22 already, but we'd probably still calling him the next Kobe. I've never seen somebody with the fluidity yeah. and touch and finishing ability as this kid has yeah 
being his first year in the league, you know? Um, I know he's an older rookie, but this is just something that you can't really teach people. Heck no. And the way that he's able to adjust his body, there's so many number of times where he drives it into the lane and I'm like, uh-oh, he might get called for an offensive foul or he might chuck up a bad shot or he might hurt himself. But every yeah. single time he just knows how to contort and adjust his body in a way where he's still able to not only get a good shot off, but make a shot every single time. I mean, yeah. the guy's shooting 57% from the field through nine games. That's what a pretty heck, big sample dude? size to be doing that consistently, you know? And the fact that it's not like they're all dunks and putbacks and like oh, easy no. lay-ins, you know? A lot of these he's doing off the dribble, um, you know, cutting Catching through traffic, having and yeah. spin moves, drop steps, you name it. Having to do pirouettes, up and unders against traffic. It's it's crazy. So tonight, co-MVP goes to Kyle Kuzma. 21 points, 8 for 11, hit a 3, um, 13 rebounds, his second double-double of the season. Uh, you know, against Portland, he was hitting some clutch jumpers, hit a 3, hit hit a nice uh, off-the-curl, off-the-screen uh, dribble pull-up. I mean, there's honestly, this sounds silly to say, but there's nothing that this guy can't do right, right. he he looks right? like a comfortable <laughs> three to maybe even a four-year vet at this point yeah i think the one thing that i haven't seen from him which i'm sure he can do maybe he just hasn't done it is probably like a post-up turnaround j but seeing as to how fluid his jump shot is i wouldn't be surprised if he also had yeah. that in his arsenal you oh know? that wouldn't surprise me at all either and i feel half the time he's mis- mismatched on the block so he does that quick yeah. drop step, you know, and spins baseline towards the basket, and he's just got a easy layup right there. So, I mean, so much of his body control, continuity, etc. I mean, one, you got to look, he went to school for three years, and secondly, that absolutely increased his basketball IQ, and he's just able to recognize situations and react accordingly. So it's it's just so refreshing to see, and yeah, you completely forget that this guy is a rookie. He looks like... Um, absolutely, like one of the best two players on this team we've got right now, which is, uh, it's so sweet. It is really sweet considering we traded one of our number two picks and then we don't have a lotto pick for next year. So Kyle Kuzma kind of makes up for all of that and allows us to kind of give a relieved sigh and say, we're okay, we're good. Um, so yeah, great by Kyle Kuzma tonight. Who, what was your offensive play of the game, Alan? Oh man, there are a lot to choose from. Um, I don't know if this is like the most spectacular one, but this is actually a really underrated one, I guess, but it was one of Lonzo's hockey assists where he drove it down the paint, kicked it out to JC at the top of the three, and then he kicked it over to BI, and then he knocked down a three for himself. Um, Mm. That one, it just showed like, Sure, Lonzo's stat line, his numbers don't look great, and like we're going to talk about his shooting for sure and how it's flat out not good. Um, but, you know, he's still playing his game in terms of distributing the ball, and that was a great example of him kind of taking a picture of the floor, understanding what was going on, sucked in the defense, and then two of our guys were wide open for three. And then Jordan Clarkson, who, you know, maybe in years past would have shot at himself, makes that extra pass to B.I. And then B.I., who last year we couldn't rely on him to hit a three to save his life, he knocks it down himself. So it just shows growth from three-fifths of our lineup right there. So I I really like that one. Yeah, and you know, the last episode we were talking about how the biggest efficiency of the Lakers right now is one, knocking down three-point shots, not having shooters, but also just 
needing to see more offensive continuity. And I think the last two games, the Lakers have shown a lot better ball movement and it's been pretty swift and they've been, you know, the ball has found energy and they're really getting it to the right guys and um, making a lot of smart reads. I think I would still like to see a lot more off ball movement, especially when they throw it into Brooke. It seems like one side of the court just kind of stands still. Um, if they can work on that a little bit more, I think that would be great. Um, but in, in moments where like Ingram or KCP or Lonzo Ball have the ball um, and they're initiating the offense, it seems like everybody is a little bit more on the same page in terms of cutting, swinging the ball, uh, making that extra pass. And so that's been nice to see. And, you know, obviously, Brooke Lopez turning things around and hitting shots was uh, made a big difference tonight. Um, my offensive play of the game, it's in conjunction with my defensive play of the game, happened in the first half, the Julius Randle swat, and then Brandon Ingram gets the ball, he's leading the fast break, bounce pass to KCP for the flush. So it's like a perfectly ran fast break, but all starting from defense. So one of those defense to offense plays that has become more customary of the Lakers, which sounds crazy. You know, the, the defense thing is, is still kind of uh, such a culture shock to me, especially when you <laughs> hear the way that commentators speak about the Lakers defense, you know, even the national media. Last night it was TNT, and I think Terry, is Terry Stotts the coach of Portland? Um, yeah. Portland? Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, you know, the Lakers' aggressive defense is really throwing us off whack. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? When has the terms, uh, the Lakers' aggressive defense is getting us out of our game been uttered in the last yeah, few man, years? Yeah, man, it's been know? since 2010. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's so refreshing to hear. So what's your defensive play of the game? Uh, definitely the Brandon Inger block leading to the Julius Yay. dunk. Absolutely. He looked like Chris Stapp's Porzingis if you saw that uh, <laughs> KP, that uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis uh, block to the dunk himself today. Uh, that BI one was pretty much the same. He could have cuffed the thing and just caught it if he wanted to. Yeah, Ingram had two really emphatic blocks tonight. He was like, almost like he was spiking a volleyball. So really showed some aggression. I think it also is because he was, he had a couple of his shots blocked at the rim as well. He needed to really let that out. So, hey, good on Brandon Ingram for playing both ends of the floor. Um, Ingram, by the way, tonight, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 7 of 13 from the field, 2 for 2 from 3. Like, really impressive, really Man. solid game by Brandon Ingram. And even even against Portland, you know, I thought he was very sound. Um, I think his jump shot is slowly coming along. He even hit that um, nice clutch uh pull up mid-range jump shot uh tonight against the nets so yeah when he gets that mid-range when he's about 17 to 18 feet away off the dribble and the defense is just giving it to him you know he's got a ton of space to shoot that thing more times than not i'm telling myself like that's going in and we saw it at the end of last year when he gets in that mid-range um that's a very high percentage shot for him. Now, every now and then he's, he does leave it really short for whatever reason. You could probably blame most of that on just inconsistencies with his mechanics. But, yep. you know, it, to me, it's a coin flip, if not even a little bit better than that, that he's going to convert that shot. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing that has been, I think, consistent for him outside of getting a couple of shot of his shots sent back is he's been really able to use his length against pretty good defenders uh, last night against guys like Harkless, but him just getting into the paint, once again, finding creases and getting to extend his long arms and really just lay it in against, you know, defenders trailing him. So, I mean, I think that's been pretty impressive by Brandon Ingram, continuing to stay aggressive, driving the ball, and mainly just being 
sound and under control is the biggest thing. Um, doing everything within the flow of the offense. So good on Brandon Ingram the, la- the last few games. Um, did you have a surprise player of the game? For me, it's going to be Jordan Clarkson. But really, I don't know if it's it should be a surprise at this point, but I'm just... I guess I'm just surprised, but as to how consistent just he's been this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, Your most impressive player points. of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Jordan Clarkson, I mean, he's leading this bench unit. By the way, the Lakers obviously have one of the top benches in the league. And Jordan Clarkson, I think, is second, second or first or second off the bench in terms of points scored. And the fact that he's doing it in 20 minutes is incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, and tonight, 19 points on 50% shooting, 6 for 12, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, which is great, 2 steals. Like you said, he made a couple of nice reads tonight, including at the end of the first half, dumping it down to Brooke Lopez. He saw Brooke Lopez was amongst like all these midgets, and he's like, well, that looks like the right play to, to do, even though usually when the shot clock is uh, running down, especially at the end of a half or a quarter, and the, a guard has the ball, usually they just take the shot, right? And for Jordan Clarkson, especially for him to, you know, not take the shot himself and go down to Brooke Lopez, make the right play, um, I thought was very mature of him to do. And so I think we're seeing more of those uh, smart decisions for Jordan Clarkson come about. And uh, against Portland, he was great as well. Efficient again, 14 points, six of nine from the field, four assists, zero turnovers. So I've been really impressed by Jordan Clarkson this season. And then tonight again, just, uh, yeah, he was phenomenal tonight. And uh, he was playing both ends, had that really nice steal into the and one layup. Um, He's one of our most dynamic players. You know, he's, he can push the ball when the offense bogs down. He, he's he's one of the few guys who can really get his own shot. Um, his mid-range game is on point as well. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of Jordan Clarkson? Uh, it's just really nice to have a player on this team where you can kind of pencil in his stat line before the game even starts and predict what he's going to do. Because I feel like the last couple years, you'll be like, all right, like so-and-so is playing really well right now. He's probably going to put up this and this and this, and then it'll be extremely underwhelming for a few games, and then so-and-so will surprise you, another guy, and then you start expecting that of him, and then that goes away. Uh, With JC so far, it's like, yeah, I'm fully expecting him to score anywhere between 14 and 17 points, be pretty efficient. He's going to get maybe three or four of those 10 to 15-foot type either mid-range jumpers or floaters or push shots or whatever. And um, the fact that that's just what you expect out of him and that's how he's going to produce and you can rely on him uh, is very comforting, you know, to see at this point. So uh, Drew Hanlon, actually, shout out to Drew. We interviewed him like last year about his off-season training with Jordan Clarkson. He posted a video the other day of JC doing some kind of hesitations and then driving down the basket. And he totally did that. Uh, last night and he's just making a habit out of it and uh, to see him replicating everything he's been practicing and putting in so much hard work for and uh, yeah implementing into the game is uh, yeah it's just really good to see and we already said you know first three games of the year looks great let's see if we can do it for another three and here we are nine games in and uh, definitely more times than not he has uh, done what we want from him. Yeah, for sure. And also, if you want to check out that episode with Drew Hanlon, Jordan Clarkson's off-season personal skills and conditioning coach, uh, you can look up our Lakers Legacy episode 112, how we drew it up. thought it was a very insightful and nice in-depth look into what goes on with these players and how uh, guys like Drew Hanlon work with them on a very close basis to see how they want to fashion their 
what they want to improve upon in the offseason and for the next season. And Drew Hanlon also is the offseason coach for guys like Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins. So definitely check that out. Thought it was very informative. And yeah, props to Jordan Clarkson. Hey, Actually, I want to I, say... I, I, yeah. I have a really important question to ask you. When when you hear the number 112 and you say it like that, do you think of the, the R&B band and then do you think of the song Peaches and Cream from when we were in like 6th or 7th grade? Yep. Peaches okay, and me too. Cream. You just got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the oh, heck that meant sure. when I was like 12 years old, but I used to sing it all the time. <laughs> I see you looking at me. I can tell by your eyes that you're feeling me. I want you to get close to me. So what you dance with me? Dance. Yeah. Anyway. All right. 112 segue. So episode 112, you obviously won't forget that anymore. So um, yeah, if you haven't listened to, listen to it, check it out. And I guess bump 112 in the background too. Um, but actually, I guess I would also say... Surprise player, uh, my runner-up for surprise player would be Tyler Tyler Ennis. Oh, I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) This guy scored 10 points, what the heck? (laughs) I know, I was like, why is this guy getting minutes? I know, I was like, get him out, get him out. I literally wrote in my notes, get this blank blank out of (laughs) here. I wonder what blank blank stands for. But anyway, it's 10 points, 3 out of 4. Yeah. Uh, he was like driving it into the lane, hitting layups, two assists, two steals. So good job, Tyler Ennis. But you know, maybe we should uh, quit while we're ahead here. So there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it in terms of uh, our typical categories and awards for the game here. Um, you know, Julius Randle was in foul trouble. In spite of that, ten points, six rebounds, two assists. It's too bad that he was in foul trouble because this is one of the games that. He could have really taken advantage because oh, Brooklyn was going small. Yeah, man. When you got Rondé Hollis Jefferson shimmying all over the place and, <laughs> um, you know, whoever else their quote-unquote bigs are, like, yeah, that would have been one where he could have eaten them all up. So it's too bad. Yeah, I guess we can end here. Um, Lonzo Ball. So let's go back to Portland first because I think, you know, in spite of the fact that Lonzo Ball in the Portland game had a team high plus 10, um, that can be deceiving, and I'll show you why, because Kyle Kuzma that game was the t- one of the team lowest, minus 11, right? So sometimes the plus minus really doesn't mean anything. I hardly ever look at it, <laughs> and I try not to use it when it works in favor of whatever either, you know what I mean? It's just like, eh. Right, so, but Lonzo Ball's game in Portland, um, in spite of the fact that the team was in it, had a chance to win it, they were really gritty, he did some really nice defensive things in portland you know getting blocks on guys yeah getting steals so obviously that's always there for lonzo which is great to rely on knowing that we don't have a a defensive sieve at point guard so that's great and knowing that he's still going to get his rebounds and push the ball etc um but the 0 for 2 in 28 minutes four assists and one turnover was nice but um for me i thought that was kind of inexcusable to not put pressure on damian lillard and against a team like portland who does not play defense whatsoever um and he's bigger than lillard as well yeah it it was kind of disappointing that he gave lillard a shorter guy who's not known for his defense a night off and free pass you know yeah yeah 32 points for lillard he could just chill and chuck up however many shots he wanted to until he eventually got hot and that's what happened at the end when he started hitting clutch shots and yeah, I mean, yeah, what did you think of Lonzo's game against Portland? Yeah, I mean, it was super underwhelming. And, um, I mean, it, it makes me wonder, like, because obviously Lonzo isn't 
apathetic, you know, and no matter how he looks, whatever his demeanor is, the guy cares, of course, but it just makes me wonder what his mindset is going in. What are his goals? What's his focus? I'm sure the coaching staff and his teammates were telling him throughout the game, hey, man, like, look for your own, be aggressive, do this and do that. And uh, I'm just curious as to why, assuming that those things were said, he didn't make the necessary adjustments. Um, it, it could be, and this is likely the case, that he is truly just looking for his other guys, you know, and he understands that there are other mismatches that he could exploit and uh, just kind of go from there. So, you know, everyone was saying, like, it's a wonder the Lakers were in it as much as they were, like, could have won the freaking game and the guy took two shots. Um, maybe in his mind it was like, exactly, like we were totally in the game, we had a chance to win, it doesn't matter if I only took two shots. So that that could have been what was running through his mind. Not excusing him, not defending him necessarily, but I feel like that is a pretty good explanation for what he was thinking. Yeah, probably, and I think it's going to be a learning process for him, and I hope he realizes as we go move forward that regardless of whether that or not that is the case and we're quote-unquote rolling, we are a much, much, much more dangerous team when he is aggressive and he's putting pressure on the defense, making the other team's point guard who's like... Uh, a scoring guard actually work and think even even not even work but think about working on the other end you know where he's just not like oh Lonzo's probably just going to push the ball like pass the ball around and stand out in the perimeter um so obviously tonight against Brooklyn he came out with that ing- aggressive mentality took 15 shots only hit three he hit two shots right off the bat so that was nice a floater and then I think I forgot what his other shot was a lay-in or something and then he hit uh a nice mid-range jump shot in the fourth quarter. But again, you know, the efficiency woes continue for Lonzo. Three for 15. Man, it's going to be a a slow process for him in terms of... Um, right now, some of the shots he puts up when he drives into the lane, there's like very little touch to it. And it almost seems yeah. like Julius Randle chucks. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I think he's anxious. You know, he's down there with the trees and... Um, he's very slight of build, obviously, and yeah, you know, I I don't think he's like outright afraid, but there's got to be subconsciously something creeping in his head of like, oh boy, let me brace myself here a little bit. And if you're playing tight like that, you're not going to be effective. Yeah, they need to keep doing those pad workouts. Right, when just they, smack when the he crap drives out of and him. they smack him. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, there are times when he looks very fluid and he does his little scoop de do lefty layups that look really controlled, and then other times I think when he if he just sees like an extra defender, all of a sudden he goes off whack, and then it's like, yeah, like no touch whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's gonna come around slowly, and unfortunately, because he doesn't have. A uh, consistent mid-range game doesn't have a post-up game, um, and then his three-point shot is not falling right now. Um, it's gonna you, the, some nights are gonna look this bad, you know, three for fifteen. You know, D'Angelo Russell had the same finishing problems early on, but yeah. because he could hit the mid-range jump shot, because he was a proficient three-point shooter, because he actually had a turnaround jump shot, that kind of mitigated the fact that he was unathletic and really couldn't drive it in as aggressively as we wanted, you know. But Lonzo Ball, it's kind of like either his three-point shot is hitting or not, or you know, he'll try and drive it, and then it's it's always going to be an adventure, For I sure. I, I swear by it, though, man. Even if he's missing it, he's got to take that free throw line-ish area yeah. little floater. Like, even if you're missing, man, just do it. And I, I feel like he should 
maybe even try to utilize the backboard a little bit more, you know, like try to bank it in. If you feel like your touch is off, it's going to increase your odds of uh, actually converting those. But when he has shot those little floaters and push shots, he's been somewhat effective, you know, it's not terrible. So sometimes if he just pulls up a little bit early, I think that could benefit him. But again, you got to be mindful of the situation and the game's got to slow down your head and all that. So when you're in the heat of the moment and you're used to driving, it just becomes difficult to do. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, in the fourth quarter, he did hit that nice uh, pull-up jump shot right inside of the three-point line, which he needs to do more of because he's usually curling off screens, right? And when you can't finish and the defense knows you're just going to pitch it back out to Brook Lopez, it becomes kind of readable. And uh, so the moment he starts to take and then hit that mid-range jump shot, the more lethal and uh, dangerous the Lakers will be. So um, he did have seven assists tonight, zero turnovers. So that's always great. Two steals helped the break. Yeah. I, so on the season, we talked about Lonzo's poor percentages. Um, Lonzo's shooting 30% now from the field. Not, not great. I would encourage him to keep, you know, I'm sure he has blinders on. I would encourage him to keep those blinders and keep going into the lane for those forays and, uh, just keep trying to chuck it up, man. You're not going to learn unless you t- keep taking yeah. the shots. So. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they're, they're different positions and all that, but Brandon Ingram was pretty atrocious from the field last year, too, up until the All-Star break. So um, right. I think patience for fans is definitely the key here. Yeah, so I guess we'll end with this. I mean, do you agree with um, uh, Chuck's comments last night that Kyle Kuzma is the Lakers' best rookie? So I'm going to say, I think if I'm looking overarching, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but if you're just looking at it objectively through this season, just the way keeping into account efficiency per 36 and all that, I, it's, for me, it's not really close. Like Kyle Kuzma has been the most consistent. I mean, I call him Kyle, no bad games ever Kuzma because he literally has not. (laughs) That rolls right off the tongue. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. He literally has not had a bad game since he entered the NBA, since he started his professional career from the combine workouts to, you know, summer league to preseason to regular season. This Kyle Kuzma guy has been everything and more than anybody could have ever imagined. And the fact that he's, I think he's only, he's averaging like 27, 28 minutes. Um, Lonzo Ball is averaging 33 minutes. And the fact that Kyle Kuzma's, you know, 15 points on 56% shooting, hitting threes, a myriad of ways, offensive um, diversity, all that stuff. I mean, he is, to this point, has been, hands down for me, the best rookie on the team Lonzo Ball, I know, kind of helps the culture in terms of pushing it out and helps every... He's like, Lonzo Ball to me right now is like a glue guy. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I wouldn't consider him the best rookie when Kyle Kuzma has been so kind of almost like beating you on the head with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am the best. I'm better than Jason Tatum. <laughs> ben Simmons. If this Ben Simmons guy didn't exist, I would be the best rookie right now. So how do you feel about Chuck's comments on who the best rookie on the Lakers is this season. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, when Chuck says something like that, it's to get a rise out of everybody. And, like, Shaq was essentially defending Lonzo by saying, you don't have to say Kuzma's the best rookie. You could just say Kuzma's really, really, really good. You don't need to be comparing him to anybody. And um, so I, I definitely side more with Shaq when it comes to that. Um, big picture, do I think he's going to like have a better career than Lonzo? Pro- probably not. 
I, I still really believe in Lonzo and uh, all of his different gifts and things like that. But like you said right now, if you just look objectively at the statistics and even the eyeball test for that matter, yeah, Kuzma looks extremely comfortable out there. If you were from another planet, had no idea who the guy was, you would just guess, oh yeah, he's definitely been in the league for a few years, whereas that other guy, Lonzo, looks like he's a rookie right now and he's still getting acclimated. So um, at this point, sure, yeah, Kuzma is definitely playing better. Am I going to go as far to say as he's the better player? It's like, I don't, I don't think you can really say that based on nine games. You know, who is a better player right yeah. now? Um, it's just who's had a better start. Yeah, and you know, time will tell. And um, I think you even said it sub- maybe sub- subconsciously earlier in this episode where you're like, yeah, it's cool to have Kyle Kuzma, the second best player on this team. <laughs> you know? No, I said that for real. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you, exactly. So, I mean, that, I mean, I think that's just telling in terms of um, – very early on in his, in his career to already have the poise that just he like we were saying with J- Jordan Clarkson, like okay, we expect this guy to do this and this and this. Well, you know what, with Kuzma, we expect him to do you know all these different things, and it is what if he has a bad game, we're gonna be like, whoa, what the heck? This guy doesn't have bad games. What's going on? Exactly, and you know, Kyle Kuzma, he is an older rookie, twenty two years old. Uh, Lonzo Ball still he just turned twenty recently, I believe. So um, it's gonna take some time, and you know what we do know that Lonzo has is the smarts and the IQ to make the right plays. He just needs to get his body right and start to be more aggressive. And that'll all come around. It's just nice to know that in the meantime, while he's figuring things out, we got this other rookie yeah. named King Kyle Kuzi. Can you, can you imagine if, if Kuzma looked like a rookie? You know what I mean? It would just put so much pressure on everybody else. So at this point, we would like, be talking about D'Angelo Russell even more. <laughs> like let's, I, I'm not, I don't want to compare. Like they're completely different positions or completely different players. They bring different things to the table. So why are we even comparing other than the fact that they're rookies? Um, so when do you think Lonzo is going to start to turn a corner? Not like a complete like U-turn necessarily, but when do you think it's going to look like, okay, he's, he's figured something out. And now for this next stretch of, you know, a couple dozen games or whatever, he's going to look like this type of player. Cause last year for BI, it was literally until the all-star break and then he became a different player. So yeah. When do you think yeah. that's going to happen for Zoe? I think probably around the same time. I think the good thing with guys like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram is you know, even last year when Ingram wasn't really, you know, setting the world on fire, he was still finding ways to be helpful, you know, with yeah. his length and being just like a sound, smart player. I think Lonzo's the same way where um, he can still be effective and still find ways to help the team out without necessarily being a detriment, even when he's shooting three for 15. Um, but in terms of when the stats start to get a little pretty <laughs> to mm, look at, mm-hmm. probably not till the okay, end of the season, okay. you know, because I mean, right now, it, it, I mean, if I tell you that this guy has not even shot 50%. I mean, that's not good. And um, outside of like, I want to see him actually, I think the Detroit game was a good step in the right direction where he shot six for 13. Um, Yeah. I want to see a game where he can shoot 50% against, you know, a decent team. The fact that he's not able to shoot 50% against garbage um, defenses like Brooklyn is not that encouraging to me. And then obviously the one game where he, played really well and you know had 29 points was against the garbage Suns, who literally were leaving him open for practice shots and he didn't even hit 50 percent there you know so i think first things first right we take it step by step let's see that 50 percent game first from lonzo right and then take it from there but because of that i think 
it's probably not going to happen until after the All-Star break. But again, he find, finds ways to be um, useful and contribute regardless. So I'm not necessarily too worried. And the fact that Kyle Kuzma, I think Kyle Kuzma is mitigating whatever's happening uh, deficiently with Lonzo on the offense right now. Like Absolutely. Kyle Kuzma is so good. I mean, he's also <laughs> doing that for Brandon Ingram, actually, for being realistic, because Brandon oh, Ingram yeah. kind of chill out too. Yeah, yeah. Anytime anybody steps up like this, it's taking pressure off everyone on the team. Doesn't matter if you're a rookie or not. So, and I think step up may even be an understatement when it comes yeah, to Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. So, yeesh. you know, per thirty six, Kyle Kuzma is a <laughs> he's like a 21, 21 points, like seven rebound dude, which is ridiculous. Jeez, that's crazy, as a rookie, man. as a rookie. Yeah. And if you look at the rookie ranks, really, um, you'd probably have to put him number two right behind Ben Simmons. It's close between him and Jason Tatum, but Jason Tatum's kind of tailed off a little bit. He's like 13.6 and 8 rebounds. Still shooting around 50%, but that doesn't beat Kyle Kuzma's 15.5 and 56% shooting from the field. So, Yeah. Hot. So Yeah, I I think Lonzo, I feel like he's going to progress like in phases. So in that sense, it'll be consistent. So I, I think this entire month of November is going to be kind of rocky for him. I'd say one out of every three or four games, he'll have a good outing, you know, but then the other 66 and 75% of those are going to be kind of, eh. and then I think in mm-hmm. December he'll improve, but it's not going to be like a night and day type thing, but it'll definitely, it'll be markedly better. And then I think around new year's, it'll be the same type of progression. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying by the All-Star break. I, I think if I had to choose, I would say maybe a little bit before that, he'll he'll start to figure things out. But it's still pretty close to what you're thinking. Yeah, for sure. All right, with that said, we will end this episode. Great win by the Lakers against the Brooklyn Nets. They face the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday. That should be a test, but I think Mike Conley is questionable, so maybe we'll catch a break there. Yeah, man, the Lakers shouldn't be where they're at, I think, this far into the season. I know some people will complain that they should have won more games than they have, which is ridiculous. The fact it's all right, that it's all right. Luke has gotten Yeah, man, the fact that Luke has gotten this team to buy in on defense, I mean that's all I'm really worried about. The offense will eventually come. Um rotate weird rotations aside and everything like that. Obviously Luke has a new challenge with Larry Nance out, but yeah man, the Lakers have been in eight of nine games. They've competed, they've fought and it's going to be a grit and grind kind of game again against the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, hopefully the Lakers can pull it out at home. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So thank you guys for listening. Once again, catch us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, Alan, what's going to happen? Uh, That's how many more World Series titles the Dodgers are going to win over the next decade. Nice. Yes, they will be back next year. Better than ever. Five more months. Just five more months. (laughs) We got the good, the good, gritty young Lakers to keep us busy till then. So indeed. Yep. All right. I'll catch you later. All right, man. Lates. Peace. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine.
And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.